0: open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and also Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We're looking at who we are. What makes this church family Friendship Baptist Church? We're calling that our values. Look over here. We're calling those our values. Our mission on this side states there that we are, we are to help people meet, model, and magnify Jesus. But what determines how we do that? What determines how we carry that mission out? Our values. They're the things that determine that. Consider an arrow. Some people were nervous, me carrying around an arrow before... Uh, I will not strike anyone with this, I promise, all right? The point of this arrow does the doing, right? This is what hits the target. This is the mission. But the fletching or the feathers on this side, they determine the course of the arrow. Without this, it could go anywhere and everywhere, it is only through the fletching on the back of these, this, these arrows, or sometimes their are rubber or whatever they might be, they determine the arrow's path. And so it is with our values as a church. The biblical values of this body of believers determine the direction to which we are carried. They determine the mission of God, how it is to be done here at Friendship Baptist Church how it has been given to us as a church, and given to us individually as well. Brother Jonathan so kindly and articulately showed us on the first week that our values begin with the first one there. The Bible guides us. There is really nothing before that, is there? The Bible has to guide us. It is by the Word of God that a man and a woman come to know Christ as their Savior. 2 Timothy 3.15, the holy scriptures which are able to make the wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It is also by the word of God then that we know who we are in Christ and what he has for us. Continuing into the next verse, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible guides us. Then the second week, Brother Rick showed us passionately that he showed us the second thing there, that prayer empowers us. Yes, the Lord speaks. He has chosen to speak to us and to guide us through His Word. But then He has also chosen to empower us through prayer. And today, we come to the third feather on the arrow, which is with the thought behind it that the Bible guides us and that prayer empowers us. The natural outcome then of that is what we see today. Integrity drives us integrity drives us now that word integrity can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people what does that mean to you most people think that you know this is a person of high moral standing that's a good definition others may say well this is a person who does right in the face of difficult situations and all those definitions are correct on the surface But they have more depth to them, and this is what we're going to look at. This is what we're going to see today. Because how we carry out our mission in life must be driven by integrity. If it is not driven by integrity, it will wind up tarnishing the name of Jesus Christ. Even if we desire to do it for a good reason. Throughout history, we can look at people that were, that were doing things that they thought they were desiring to do good, but if it was not hinged in the Word of God, it tarnished the name of Jesus Christ. They might have said that this was being done in the name of Jesus Christ, but it had very little resemblance to Jesus Christ Himself, to the Word of God. So we must be in the integrity of the Word of God, carrying out what God would have us. Now, at the most basic level, integrity means to be whole. If we go to mathematics, the, the term integer, I think I've said this before, but you know, integer is a whole number. It's not something that's a fraction. It's not something that is split. It is full. It is whole. It is undivided. And so it should be for us as Christians. We should be whole. We should be wholly given to the direction of the Lord, not split between the Lord and this world. Matthew 6, 24, when Jesus is preaching in his Sermon on the Mount, he says, no man can serve two masters, for he either either will uh, hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. We all know this. He ends with saying you cannot serve God and mammon, God and the things of this world, You can't do it both ways. You can't have one foot in one side and one foot in the other side. We are either with one area or the other. And we can only be whole when we submit ourselves and surround ourselves with the Lord. Being in His Word. Communicating with Him in prayer. Now, I am not at a point in my life where when I when I look at folks and I and I don't see that you are not you are bombarded daily. Our teenagers, our college students, our as adults, we are bombarded constantly with the way of the world. Brother Brent and I have talked about this many times in the last few months how the the limited number of hours that we have with you That we can open the Word of God with you and and, and help with instruction or help guide you in some different paths versus the hundreds of hours that you have every week with a screen in front of you or a TV in front of you or what's being pumped uh, work into your ears and into your mind. And we are being bombarded with that. And much of it comes just from living our lives. But then much of it also comes from our own choices and our own consumption. And it can easily divide our heart. Our integrity must drive us to be what God would have us to be. And I want us to look at two thoughts concerning integrity today. The first is this. Integrity drives us to be the example of Christ. Integrity drives us to be the example of Christ. The first thing to realize is integrity isn't just some show that you're putting on. It is who you are. It is part of us. Proverbs 11, the verse, first part of verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them. It is something of who you are. Um, I was thinking back this morning uh, as I was preparing for this. Uh, I, I, you've heard me tell this account before, but uh, back in my, it seems like another life ago, I was interviewing. I'd co-opted this chemical plant, and I was interviewing for a full-time job. And uh, they put me in front of this VP, and uh, I don't know why VPs were doing the interviews, but nonetheless, I was I was nervous. I was like 23 years old, super nervous in front of this guy. And he asked me, uh, you know, what are some of your strengths? You know, that's what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? Everybody loves those questions in an interview, right? And uh, one of my I said I don't know why I just said uh, I'm honest. And then he, you know, the whole uh, iceberg principle, you just start asking questions and going down the iceberg to see what's going to pop up. And he says, well, give me an example of that. Oh, man, why did I say that, you know? So then you're you're going through your brain, when was I honest, you know? And and then, well, give me another example. Oh, not another one. So I go and I come up with another account where I was honest, all right? And as I left that interview, I realized to myself... That's the stupid answer. The the real answer to that is honesty is something you are, right? If you're honest, if you're a person of integrity, it has more to do than honesty, but if you're a person of integrity, you know when you failed. You can give the accounts when you failed more than you can give the accounts of when you were dealing as, as a person of integrity. Because that's just naturally who you are. It, is, it envelops all the decisions of who you are. My aunt is here today. Her, uh, my, my late cousin Greg, owns, he owned a uh, heating and air conditioning company down in the, the, the Bluffton, uh, Hilton Head area. Suffering for the Lord down there. You know, it's gorgeous down there. But now his, his daughters own and run the company. And they, they have a company of integrity. It is something that they they are. They don't think about, oh, should I cheat this person today, or should I not cheat this person today? No, that's not even in the mindset. This is how we do business, right? This This is integrity. This is being a person of integrity as we think about this. So how is that integrity gained or developed? Well, the first part of that, please get this part. If you don't get anything else today, please get this part it is first realizing whose you are. Who owns you? Whose child are you? And I'm speaking here to Christians. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you became a child of God forever. Your standing as your Father's child is eternally secure. Now, why does that matter when it comes to integrity? Please listen, you are not a person of integrity trying to gain your father's approval. You are not trying to be good enough so that he will accept you. You are his child forever. You are a child of the king of kings. And it is from that fact, it is from that fact that you are a child of the king that we allow our integrity then to guide us. The king's children, in their security of who they are, not their insecurity, but their security, have now the privilege to carry out their father's love and mission on those around them. Now, that's quite different than from an insecure standpoint, always trying to earn that. And if you've lived your Christian life that way, please understand this. You are eternally secure in the father. And he wants you to work from that, that security out. It's a completely different mindset of us as Christians. And this allows us to, be, to live with integrity. Now, how is this done? How are we to be the example of Christ? We live out the Word. We live out the Word. The Bible guides us. It shows us how God would have us to be in our life. As you read the pages, and I hope you're reading the pages of the Bible. I hope you're in this book every week. We've gone to great efforts this year to try to get you involved into the word of God. And we're in some tough reading right now, right? We're at the end of Leviticus, all right? Oh, man, we're getting into numbers. Stick with it this week, because once you're in numbers, man, it's smooth sailing there. Eh, Maybe, but, you know, you're you're in good shape. Keep going. But the Bible guides us, and it shows us how God would have us to be in this life. You say, well, Keith, but I'm going to fail at this. You're right. And you probably did this week. You're going to fail at, at this life of integrity. But a person of integrity gets back up. They get back up, get back up with the Lord's help and they aim toward living out Christ's example again. Proverbs tells us in twenty four sixteen, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. The only way we can possibly do this is with the help of the Lord. And so we allow prayer to empower us. We allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to illuminate, to open His Word to us on how we're to live and how we're to apply the the Word of God in our life. So we get to a situation like Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 10. Yeah, I finally got there. 1 Corinthians 10. Here's a church that's struggling They're struggling with being the example of Christ in a very, very wicked city. And if you've been coming on Sunday nights for that 1 Corinthians series, you you know the wickedness that was in this area. They're dealing with idol worship. They're dealing with uh, sacrifices to these idols. Should they eat them? Should they not? All that kind of stuff. They're dealing with sexual immorality everywhere around them. And Paul's conclusion on the matter was this. Verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink... Or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Their integrity drove them to follow God's word for his glory. And we need to be the example of Christ to those around us. That is done by living with integrity. Demonstrating God's word. Even in how we respond when we fail because we're going to, because we're humans. Integrity drives us to be the example of Christ. So I asked you question, this question this morning. Is your integrity clearly seen? Not some arrogance, look at me type thing. Quite the opposite. A humble, confident witness of who you are and how you live your life. Are you different? Are you peculiar? I love that word. Are you peculiar? Are you different from the world that's compared around you? In line with the word of God. Being a person of integrity. But that also means the second part today. today, Integrity drives us to do the excellence of Christ. Not just to be, but to do as well. Integrity drives us to do the excellence of Christ. In First Corinthians 10:31, it showed us that our integrity of our heart and of our mind. And now we get to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. And now we see that our integrity in our actions. It's a very similar type verse, the 10:31, but uh, the first part of Ecclesiastes 9:10 says, "Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might." Why? Well, go back to verse 7. He says, Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy. Drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments always be white. And let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity. This is the man that had a Thousand wives, And now he's telling them, he's reversed his thought, be with the wife, that first wife that, was being, that had been given him, which he, and continuing on, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity. For that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. <clears throat> For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. And we'll continue on with that a little bit later. Now, this was written by an old King Solomon. This is toward the end of his life. He had wasted those latter years of his life seeking pleasure only. He went and he found it to be empty. As you read through the first, nine, uh, first part of these nine chapters, it, it was empty to him. Life was meaningless. And then we get to the middle of Ecclesiastes 9 and there is a turn in his heart. He stops looking at the things under the sun and he starts to look up to the Lord. And he starts to look up to heaven. And he starts to look back to God. And when he does that, it changes everything. It changes his perspective. But more than that, it gives his life purpose. And in just even the small things of life, they start to have true meaning. You might be here today. You might even come every week and you feel like your your life is just the rat race. You feel like you're in that hamster wheel and you are just existing. And we've all gone through that at some point, probably. You want things to have purpose, but you're numb to it. How do you live with integrity during that? Why why do I want this whatsoever my hand finds this to do to do it with all my mind? Well, verse 7, he says there, he says, go thy way, eat bread with joy. The first step in this is realizing God is directing your path. Proverbs 3, 6, a very familiar verse to us says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Your life isn't just some random wheel that you're on. It might feel that way but you're not just on some random wheel, something to endure till you finally get to the end of life and die. That's not it. There is reassurance in knowing that God is directing your path. Your family's, yours. Very specifically, he is guiding your path. You, that means, are surrounded with the people that God wants you to influence in your life. You are surrounded by people that God wants to influence your life as well. You are His child, safe in His arms to carry out this life. And then in verses 8 and 9, knowing this, we should live our lives, not just endure our lives, we should live our lives. He says, live joyfully with your wife, your family, your, your friends, you can extrapolate from that. This is your portion in this life, he tells us. This is the labor that God has given you to do. Quit trying to live for someone else's life or the approval of others. God loves you and he accepts you. Trust and accept your path in this life, your place in this world, the gifting that He has given you, the opportunities that He has opened up to you. And then as verse 10 tells us then, to live this out. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Why? He tells us at the end of the verse. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Fully trusting this is what and where God has for me right now, right now, and that's going to change, right? And then you'll be where God has you at that point. I need to do with what I have right now with excellence. It should cause me to have a passion knowing that I have purpose for what I do, even the small things of life. We should be a people known for doing things with excellence, integrity in what we do. Integrity in our relationships. Integrity in your relationships. How you treat and care for your family, your spouse, your children, if that is where you are in life. Integrity in how we treat our coworkers, our bosses, our employees. Integrity in how we serve in ministry. How we do our job with excellence. The end of the verse wisely shows us we don't have forever. We don't. We don't know how long we'll be on this earth to do what God has for us. And in the security of knowing that I am God's child, I should display that excellence of Christ in all that I do. As a church, this is our value. This is one of our values. And it should drive us to do and to give our best out of passion for Him. What's that mean? That means we should be a prepared people. We don't just randomly come in here and do whatever we want to do. No, we are a prepared people on the Word of God doing what God has has specifically called out for us to do. We are a people not giving God our leftovers of our time, talent, and treasure. We are a people that study God's Word to make sure that we are in line with His direction, not bouncing from thing to thing but staying with what God would have us to do, doing what we do with excellence. A people that treat the things of God with respect. A people prepared to reach our community with the message of salvation in a way that honors our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Integrity drives us, is a value of Friendship Baptist Church. It is an expectation when we do anything and everything. But it is, a, it is, a, is it a value that you hold? Is it a value that you hold? Does integrity drive you? Have maybe you become lazy in your walk with the Lord? Phrases like, eh, this is good enough. Someone else will do it. when it's been clearly presented to you that this is the role that God has for you and your life. To do it with integrity. Can you say integrity drives you to be and to do? If not, I encourage you and I call on you, humble yourself before God and let Him direct you. On the flip side of this, some of you today may have forgotten who you are. You might have forgotten that you're a child of the King. Life's beating you up. Life is hitting you hard and you feel like just being swallowed up. Let me reassure you that God has purpose for you right now. Not when you get through this. Right now. Where you're at. All the things coming at you. And I hope that knowing that God is with you and guiding you can help reignite some passion and purpose in your life. He's with you every step of the way, and He asks you, trust Him. Lean on Him. He'll be there for you. Because we look around and it just doesn't make sense. And it's interesting as we finish these these verses in verses 11 and 12, King Solomon points out that we lose sight of this constantly. He says the race isn't always to the swift. The battle's not always to the strong. The bread is not always to the wise. The riches aren't always to the men of understanding. Favor of men is not always to the people that have skill. In our eyes, we judge success in a way that not always is there. He says, time and chance happeneth to them all. When we see, where we see success, God sometimes looks at it and says, no, 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 that's actually failure. But the greater is that is this, that where we see failure, God sees success in your life. And when you're struggling and you're maintaining your integrity, God looks at you and he says, that's success. The world might not see it, but I do. And they're doing what I would have them to do. Their integrity is driving them to be a witness and to glorify me. And God is happy with that. Integrity drives us in who we are and what we do. And this is how we have the full and vibrant life a Christian should have you would bow your heads at this time. This was a message to Christians today. Where are you at with your integrity? It is who you are. It should be who you are. Many times and there's times where we relax, we allow that to slip. Or there's those times when we just have to make the difficult decisions and we don't know what to do. Don't allow it to slip. Be that witness for God and who you are and what you do. Know that God has a purpose for you as His child. Now for some of you here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. All of that we're talking about today is for the person that knows Christ as their Savior. And I want to encourage you to know that Jesus loved you so much. God loved you so much. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ. He came, He lived a perfect life to die in your place for your sin. And I encourage you today to call out to Him. Ask Him to come and to be your Savior. He will, He's promised us. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is a guarantee but you must put your trust in Him. And I encourage you to do that today. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, be with us as we come to this time of invitation. Any that need to make a decision to pray where they're at or to come speak to one of our altar workers, they can open the Word of God with folks, especially those that need to accept Christ as their Savior. Be with us at this time in Jesus' name.